I get my crack at reacting to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 NFL draft class and some interesting names are headed to Tampa for rookie minicamp here in just a couple of weeks. All of that coming up right now on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so please subscribe or follow for free. Subscribe, whatever it has to do, on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform of choice, and you'll always get the latest episodes when they drop, just like you got all the bonus content dropping this weekend during the NFL Draft. A big thank you to my partner in crime co-host, James Yarko, who was a little under the weather, as you can probably tell, but still soldiered through and got the job done while I was in Ashburn uh, in person covering the Washington Commanders draft process. I am David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find James when he's not here at JR underscore Bucks. Also find his work on BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation, and over on Twitter at LockedOnBucks for the show. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bucks first listen or your first view every single day, especially today. And a special thank you to all the everydayers again who are there all draft weekend and continue as we continue our breakdown of this year's draft class. More than a dozen, a lot of players coming through, undrafted free agents, minicamp invites, headed to Tampa here in a couple weekends for rookie minicamp. But we're also going to talk about Buccaneers draft grades and day three standouts from the NFL draft. But first, we're going to talk about days one and two. Because while James was telling you what he thinks, I got to tell you what I think. And I was watching, uh, believe me, paying attention from Ashburn, Virginia. And interestingly enough, I was getting input from the commanders beat reporters um, for however much that might matter. I know some of you don't like when I even say the word uh, commanders. James, again, was powering through cold, so I appreciate him holding down the fort. But now it's my turn to get some thoughts. And of course, we got to start with first round draft pick Kalijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh. I happened to drop one and only one first round mock draft, and I just so happened to send Kalijah Cansey to the Buccaneers in that mock draft. This move, all about the pass rush, um, all about getting better up front, all about making sure that Vita Vea doesn't have to lead this team in sacks again. The only thing I would say is that he is coming from an even front defense there in Pittsburgh. So that correlation of scheme from college to the NFL, obviously Todd Bowles and his staff have a plan ready to execute on how they're going to fold Kalijah Kansi into this thing. But And obviously I wasn't too worried about it either because I mocked him to the Buccaneers. Um, but look, really what this boils down to is it's a, it's a result of a two-year search now for improvements in the Buccaneers' organic pass rush. When we talk organic pass rush, we're talking about not having to bring extra defenders, not having to put the safety over the nose or bring a corner back into the A-gap or what have you, even Devin White and Levante David in on extra blitzes. You want your front seven uh, to get home as much as you can, and typically your off-ball linebackers, uh, you, that's a little bit of an added spice. So that's a result of this. I'm, I'm dead set on it. That's why I mocked Kalijah Kansi to the Buccaneers in the first place and said, you know what, man, we've been talking about this organic pass rush for two years now. Vita Vea needs a running mate. He finally has one in Kalijah Kansi. Second round, we come back here, and the Buccaneers get themselves Cody Mock, offensive lineman, out of North Dakota State. Everydayers, you already know I love Cody Mock. You already know James loves Cody Mock, an absolute mauler who can play guard, 
can play tackle, but fits best as a guard. That's where we expect him to be. Stood out at the senior bowl because he never lost a rep that I watched. I didn't get to watch every rep. Okay, I'll admit that, but he never lost a rep while I was watching. And his football IQ is something that stood out uh, as well. Whether he was a tackle, whether he was a guard, you can see him reading the defense, understanding where his teammates were supposed to be, trusting that they were going to be there and either funneling them appropriately or reacting appropriately to his assignment, not worrying about what everybody else was doing. Football IQ off the charts. Round three, wrapping up day two, pick 82. Outside linebacker Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Explosive first step type of guy. Solid in run defense. Could be a little bit better, but he doesn't lose juice when he's attacking inside. When he's attacking outside, doesn't matter where he is on the football field, where they have him coming from. Yaya Diaby is a guy that is going to bring heat. And I think the Buccaneers, from, from an approach standpoint, strategic standpoint, I think they addressed this thing exactly how you needed to address it. Every day, as you've heard us talking about this, we've ranked, we've re-ranked these team needs. Everybody pretty much had a tackle as the top need. Look, they didn't draft a tackle early. We're going to talk about that and, we're, and what it means, and we've already drawn some conclusions, uh, but we'll have that conversation as we get deeper into this draft class and what these picks do mean and what they don't mean. We'll do some depth chart resets, all of that good stuff. Uh, trying to keep it a little bit more general in this stance, but we have some opinions. I know you have opinions. Definitely make sure that they're known so that we can share them uh, on a later episode as well. But you hit the trenches on the defensive line. You hit the trenches on the offensive line, and then you impact the trenches when you bring in a guy like like, like Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. And they weren't done. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came back on day three, and they added some more potential impact players. At least some guys are going to bring valuable depth. We're going to talk about that coming up next here. On today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, and we're also going to bring you grades from NFL.com and Pro Football Focus. Again, again, that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing that thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, and you need to try the best tasting protein bar on the market that's built, you got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing. You're not going to understand that they're good for you. They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate for starters, and that makes them taste great. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. They taste like candy bars, but they have amazing macros. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they bring 17 grams of protein. You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while your specialty flavors can still be found at Built.com. At Walmart, you can get four-bar boxes of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puffs. But if you go to Sam's Club, you can get yourself that 13-bar box of brownie batter puff or churro puff and make sure you head to Built.com to get your specialty flavors like cookies and cream puff. No matter how you get it, no matter how you try it, Built, you got to try this. Go to Built.com today. Back here now for today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Thank you again for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Every day or stick with us throughout the week. We're going to dive deeper into this class break them down more by the individual, more, more by the position group, and go over updated depth charts as we project them heading into OTAs, mini camps, and, of course, training camp. But we got to pick up the rest of this year's draft class. We're starting to back up on day three. The Buccaneers finishing up day two with some solid additions, and they start off day three with another solid addition, although it took a while for them to start. No fourth-round pick. James Jarko promised me a fourth-round pick, never delivered on it. Jason Light didn't make good on his promise. So at pick 153 in the fifth round, we see linebacker Servasier Dennis out of Pittsburgh. 
head to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, every day as we talked about Servassier on this show, not every day, not on a consistent, constant basis, but we did talk about him. Praise some love on the young man. Brugler's number 13 linebacker, again, Dane Brugler of The Athletic. He was ranked the 13th linebacker in the class, uh, according to Brugler. And there's a lot to like here about Dennis. Comes from a military family. There's that discipline aspect of, of all that, the work ethic. But also, Dennis played the money position before playing the Mike position. And in most defenses, money position is kind of a hybrid DB. Sometimes you see a straight-up cornerback put in that position. But a lot of times it's a hybrid DP, DB position in a lot of defenses. So you know that versatility is there, that that projection to be able to defend against the pass uh, as well as be a disruptor as an off-ball linebacker is certainly there. Heading back to the fifth round, pick number 171, we get our tight end. Now we've been talking about all draft season, uh, tight end Payne Durham out of Purdue, a plus wingspan, good catch radius. He's a hand catcher, doesn't like to let the ball get into his body and lined up a lot more in the slot at Purdue than he did in line. So you expect him to kind of fill that role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Six-round pick, pick number 181. I know not everybody loved this pick. I'm sure Josh Reynolds was happy with it. Defensive back Josh Hayes out of Kansas State, an attacking-style safety, takes solid angles and run pursuit, likes to hit. But I'll be honest with you, I've only watched a little bit of him, but what I've seen, he hits a little high and he gets a little reckless at times. With the Buccaneers, are going to need to harness that aggression into intelligent aggression if they can do that josh hayes certainly a guy who looks like he's got some aggressive potential for the tampa bay buccaneers next six round pick might be the most exciting first round pick or first round pick six round pick of this entire group uh trey palmer when he was drafted by the buccaneers there were there was a lot of excitement on social media and i don't blame anybody who was excited 191st overall pick trey palmer out of nebraska uh, Dane Brugler's number 13 overall receiver in this class, running 4-3-3-40, among the fastest 40 times at the NFL Scouting Combine. He has return experience. This is a slot guy. So you're talking about like Russell Gage competition, potentially, again, six-round pick. So you don't want to expect too much, right, from, from especially rookie year. But you talk about the projection and the style of play and the traits, and you look at him as maybe a Russell Gage contender, if not right away, maybe at some point down the road. He is a slot receiver who's going to need to avoid Kenny Bell syndrome. There's a little bit of, of a history there when there's contact or traffic around him, not always the best catcher in those situa situations. And just so happens, Trey Palmer's coming from Nebraska. Kenny Bell came from Nebraska. Look, I can't make the match any better uh, than that. Certainly a lot of potential upside. We'll see how he, he reacts to NFL contact. Uh, final six-round pick, final pick of the NFL draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Outside linebacker Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan, six foot two outside linebacker, number 16th overall in athleticism score among edge defenders at the NFL Scouting Combine. Does struggle a little bit in run defense, but he's known as a high energy pass rusher, 18 and a half sacks in his final two years at Eastern Michigan. So a solid class overall. I mean, one of the one of the better draft classes, I think, this year when you look at it on paper. Uh, and of course, we're going to like it a little bit because a lot of the projections, if not the players specifically, at least the groups of prioritization kind of match what we all kind of saw going on out here. Now, personally, I don't like to give grades, right? I don't like to say, you know, I will do them. We have done them. We will do them again, I'm sure, in the future. But it's it, draft class grades are difficult, right? Because at the end of the day, these teams coming to the NFL draft, they draft guys based off of what they want, what they need, what they see. So, Really, every draft class is an A. Like, nobody's going to sit here and say, eh, we didn't really want this guy, but we drafted him anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if you draft a guy, it's because you see something. 
in him. You have plenty of options out there. This isn't, you know, a last pick at recess type of situation. Like you always have additional picks or additional players you can consider. So in that aspect, I don't like grading draft classes because really what I'm telling you when I'm grading a draft class is whether or not they agree with me or whether or not I agree with them. If I give the Buccaneers a D because they should have gone cornerback in the first round because Carlton Davis has too many penalties, that, that doesn't say anything about what the Buccaneers did. It says what I what I think or how I agree or disagree with the draft class. So I just don't like doing them. But some people do them. Some people like them. So I'll throw uh, some out there from some established folks. NFL.com's Chad Reuter came through with his NFL draft grades, and he gave the Buccaneers an A. He gave them an A for day one. He gave them an A for day two. He gave them an A for day three. I actually do kind of like how Reuter broke it down by day. Uh, here's what he wrote. Quote, Cansey brings versatility, explosiveness, and underrated leverage to the Bucs defensive line. Trading up for Mock to fill in at guard made sense because he can also slide outside if the team needs him there. Diaby's an athletic work in progress who must reach his potential to justify the mid-third round selection. Dennis attacks the backfield and the ball with reckless abandon, as does Ramirez from the edge. Durham is a nice replacement for Cameron Bray, and Palmer gives the team a deep speed option if he's able to clean up his drops. Again, a lot of time that was in traffic or anticipating contact. Reuter finishes up by saying Tampa Bay needs to sign some offensive linemen after the draft, end quote. And certainly the next wave of free agency is about to begin, and we'll see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers decide to do. What I really like about uh, Royer's comments about Diaby and kind of that work in progress, I, this is we kind of talked about this ahead of time, right? You want to get ahead of the need to bring in an outside linebacker. You don't, wait, you don't want to wait until the need for an outside linebacker is boom, we need one. Right now, today, we got to have him. He's got to start 90% of the snaps uh, and play 90% of the snaps for our defense. That's not when you want to get him. You want to get him in a year like this, grow him, teach him, develop him, and then put him on the field when the time is right. And to Reuters credit, he only gave one team a C plus. Every other team in the NFL gave a B minus or better. And to me, that's the best way to do it. Because again, these these guys are getting the players they want. You know what I mean? They're getting. I know a lot of people are kind of down on the Detroit Lions draft class. And honestly, when I look at the Detroit Lions draft class, I'm kind of sitting there going like, what are you doing? But again, that's just me disagreeing with them. They're doing what they're doing in there. It makes sense to them. I would much rather grade classes three years later. Uh, so if you guys want us to, James and I, we can go three years back and we can grade that draft class uh, here on the show later on this week or next week. PFF.com gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a B. Uh, they point out that Sarasia Dennis was elite against the run in 2022 and that Payne Durham had just a 3.4% drop rate, which is a great drop rate. So uh, solid class. Looks like a lot of promising players certainly agree with a lot of the moves that they made. Even if you don't like necessarily all the players they got, agree with the position groups they got. Uh, bummed out for James that uh, none of the Illinois guys landed uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unfortunately. Uh, and I know that he's not very happy that I got two Illinois players in Washington, but I will do my best to cover them with justice. I'm sorry that I brought up uh, Washington. Undrafted for agents are coming in, and so are minicamp invites. We'll go over the names and some notes on each player that we know of right now. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Bucks, looking at the undrafted free agents that have been reportedly signed and the minicamp invites. Look, this list is ever-changing, ever-flexible. Some of the reports are corroborated. Some of them are not. It's it's hard. Until we get to the actual minicamp and uh, BucksGameDay.com, we'll have guys on ground there. We can actually get the roster of players 
that are officially participating. You know, again, so there may be added names that we don't have right now. There may be names that decide to drop out. Or they go somewhere else in the meantime. So be a little bit flexible with this. But looking at this, we get two quarterbacks. Kalen Wiggins out of Southeastern. Quarterback Lindsey Scott out of Incarnate World uh, will be their rookie minicamp. Again, just kind of camp arms. You know what I mean? Don't expect a whole lot uh, from that situation. But the excitement really kind of came in. Running back Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. And this is one of those undrafted for agent deals where Sean Tucker actually got a good amount of money, got a bonus. Like, this is a dude that you expect. Like, he may be a UDFA, but you expect him to compete for a roster spot here. Brugler's number 17 running back on his list, a one-cut style back. Ball security is his trademark. Only had one fumble uh, in his career, and he had one in each of the three seasons, like one per season for three years running. So Sean Tucker, a running back uh, that a lot of people are very excited to see. Another running back with a very, very high athletic breed or a brand to his name, Ronnie Brown out of Shepard, 5'10", ran a 4'440". Again, he's a plus athlete. Like, it's sports, so these guys are all athletes of some sort, right? But he's a plus athlete, elusive, solid speed, acceleration, pass game potential, also has kick returner uh, experience. So two really good running backs from a UDFA minicamp standpoint uh, brought in. Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver out of Maryland. That's kind of my neck of the woods, so he's something that I've been aware of. Uh, I was I was very really, really excited to kind of see him coming out. Looking forward to seeing kind of what he can do uh, in the NFL. Brugler's number twenty six wide receiver coming in the draft. A hands catcher doesn't like to let the ball get into his body. Good in the short game, especially, but he can be solid uh, on multiple levels of the pass game. And again, a kick returner background there. Wide receiver Cade Warner out of Kansas State is also an interesting prospect. A little bit for what he can do, right? Six foot four seven one forty. Not the not the fastest, but not the slowest. Team captain at both Nebraska and Kansas State. So he started in Nebraska, transferred to K State, became a team captain there as well. Forty six catches, five touchdowns in twenty twenty two. But he's the son of Kurt Warner, which is what makes him a little bit more notable, I suppose. Uh, he says he's a slot receiver. That's where he says he feels most comfortable. He wants to operate out of, uh, but he does have experience outside as well so some interesting guys there wide receiver ryan miller out of Furman, also reportedly joining the bucks tay barber out of tcu uh, as well tight end tanner taula taula out of illinois state uh, is on the list offensive lineman eric douglas out of south carolina chris murray out of oklahoma silas danzy out of virginia tech and luke haggard out of indiana long snapper evan deckers out of duke linebackers jeremy banks out of tennessee brandon bouye randall out of yukon and Dwayne boyles out of usf Dwayne Boyles again usf product aggressive type of guy drives when he tackles the ball carrier uh, and, and set the defense at usf so that football iq and leadership uh, is kind of there db keenan isaac from alabama state is on the list cornerback Derek pitts jr at nc state safety chris eisen at a Rutgers, safety Kavion Merriweather out of Iowa, and safety Hunter Reynolds out of Utah State. So that secondary group getting some more uh, guys to look at at rookie minicamp, UDFAs on the roster. Again, some interesting names to look out for, some good guys uh, to really, really kind of watch out for. James and I will continue to break down the names that were drafted, uh, any signings that happened, and we will start uh, this week going through and really kind of projecting where these guys fit and the depth chart and uh, see if there's any correlating moves that might be happening uh, as well. Um, Got to get out of this episode, but we can't do it before uh, acknowledging um, the unfortunate passing of, of Shaquille Barrett and, and Jordana Barrett, his wife's uh, two-year-old daughter that happened 
on Sunday. Um, you know, th- there's no words to say there, guys. You know, and this is an analysis show. There's no analysis. That's the this is the human part of things. We've had Shaquille on this show, talked to him in the locker room several times, talked to him at training camp uh, before. Just the nicest dude uh, ever. And you know, as we're both fathers, a lot of you are parents. You know what I mean? We all we have children. I can't even imagine what the family is going through right now. So uh, I don't want to put any twists or turns on it. Just from James, from myself. Uh, all the prayers in the world, all the thought in the world uh, go out to the Barrett family, but can't leave this episode without uh, without saying something to them. So, uh, again, as, as as little as it really means at a time like this, just want to send out our condolences and our well wishes to the Barrett family. Um, but also want to thank uh, all of you. You know, it's never easy to come out of something like that, but we do want to thank you for making us first listen, your first view every day. We will be back more uh, tomorrow and throughout the week with more here. If you've got questions that you want us to answer coming from the draft class or what the future holds, uh, shoot them in a lockdown bucks, gmail.com DM them the lockdown bucks on Twitter for James Jarko. He will be back. I will be back tomorrow. We will be back together for the first time. in it feels like quite a while in the meantime, please check out bucksgameday.com, bucksnation.com on Twitter. Find us at D Harrison 82 at Jarko underscore bucks and at locked on bucks. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Thank you for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.